Welcome to New Pod. New Pod. New Pod. New Pod. Presented by NotFest.com. Primer 55 bassist Joshua Toomey and War Machine merch mastermind Ro Coley bring you a weekly dose of all things new. Album deep dives, news, interviews. This is New Pod. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of New Pod here on NotFest.com. As always, I am Joshua Toomey. Ro Coley is at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this week, so I had to bring in a heavy hitter, some of the big guns, Matt Nas of the Roach Coach Podcast. Matt, how are we doing? Keep it rolling, baby. We're doing good, Josh. <laughs> how are you? Oh, I just, I brought you in for all the uh, catchphrases and the... Oh, uh, I can so many. I'm ready. <laughs> You're Mr. Catchphrase over there. Cannon talk. Let's get going. Let's get going, man. Uh, we got a few things going on this week. I did put out a a post a few days ago, um, and you and I are going to kind of break these down. But where is the most random place you've met a rock star, and who was it? Uh, so we'll dive into that momentarily. But first, we got to talk about we are down to the final two bands of the NotFest New Metal Best Album of All Time Bracket Challenge over on NotFest.com, and it has come down to do you know that do you know these two bands, Matt? We're going to find out together. Oh, well, I know these two bands, but I'm just, I'm seeing if you know who the, the final two are. If, System, of, so, oh, System of Down, Evanescence. That was yes. what I saw. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that is the final two bands. So you have System of a Down, Toxicity versus Evanescence, I believe, Fallen. Uh, a little bit of controversy, though. They're saying that the Evanescence fans are voting multiple times and they're kind of messing the bracket up because I think if you go back on the bracket, Evanescence has wiped out this bracket. I mean, wow. they first round they they beat out Mudvayne, LD50. Okay, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not I'm not 100 on the on round two. I think it was Papa Roach, if I'm not mistaken. And then they in the final four of the bracket, they beat out Corn Self Titled for the best new metal album of all time. Okay. <laughs> hmm. I'm not okay. Here's the deal. So I'm from the Roach Coach podcast. We've been doing it for about seven years. Yes. And there's only a couple of bands whose fans respond in a visceral way. Okay. When we either don't praise them enough or bag on them a little bit. 311 is number one, <laughs> number one, <laughs> right? Still to this day, an evanescence. Evanescence fans are ride or fucking die for okay. Evanescence. All right. I was wrong. Okay. I've got the bracket here in front of me. So Evanescence first round beat out Mudvayne LD50. Okay. Round two, they beat out Chocolate Starfish by Limp Biscuit. The final Oof. four, Oof. they beat out Self-Titled by Corn, and they have a heavy, heavy advantage over System of a Down Toxicity right now. Insane. That's wild to me, right. but also, yeah, it's just, I think we got to get the word out. <laughs> I keep gotta, trying. I was like, I, I posted it in a bunch of corn groups. I was like, you got to vote for the boys. You know, we got to get the, because, you know, in, in all honesty, and this, this new pod challenge has, uh, or the new metal album bracket has new pod on it. So, I mean, like my mm -hmm. name is on this basically. And I'm like sitting here saying, I was like, when when Ro and I did our 
we did our own version of this. We, we, you know, we did it ourselves, took the bracket ourselves. And obviously in both of our first rounds, Mudvayne wins. Um, so, I mean, Evanescence doesn't get this far at all in our brackets. Uh, to get where we are with System of a Down, System of a Down had to beat uh, Dope Life. Okay. Uh, round two, they beat Slipknot, Slipknot. And then System of a Down took down Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory, which I was surprised by. I'm surprised by that because of, I don't know, like, well, the fan bases at this point, I could see the system fans being, because they've been, they did, you know, they just did the festival, they played recently, so, and they're doing the big uh, 25 years for the Mm -hmm. first record. So, like, they are definitely in the ethos a lot more. They're showing up on my feed a lot lately. Right. Trying to get me to buy that record. And then it went out of print immediately. And I'm like, not fun for me. But that's okay. Yeah, as we record, there are 24,000 votes-ish. Um, 10,149 for System of a Down. 13,676 for Evanescence. So 57 wow. to 46 percent. Wow. It's <laughs> wow. Evanescence fans show up. Showing up and showing out. Yes. Yes. Again, I will speak no ill of Evanescence <laughs> because, again, their fans are very ride or die. Well, and as this shows, you know, it's like, I, it's like, honestly, if I put together a best new metal album bracket of all time of my own personal favorites, Evanescence is probably not making the, uh, no. you know, making the top 16 here, I believe it is. So, and, and that, that would track with me as well. So, <laughs> I like how you're like, I know how these Again. Evanescence fans are. I'm not saying Again, shit. This is like, <laughs> this is, this is Taylor Swift level. This is BTS level. Like, I just don't want the smoke. <laughs> you don't want the, the Swifties and the Evanescences to come after you. I don't need the smoke. Don't need the smoke. I I have enough things that I say that are silly that deserve the smoke. You want to vote at number one? That's why it's there. Do it. <laughs> to each their own. Uh, if you want to head over to notfest.com, hit the bracket challenge and vote for a uh, system of a down or <laughs> I mean, it's totally up to you. 100% up to you. You can do whatever you want. You can vote for system of a down. Toxicity. <laughs> Is an all timer. It's a, an amazing record. Yes, yes, it it's is certainly worth the vote. And I couldn't tell you the name of that Evanescence record. That Evanescence album is called Fallen. Oh, yes. Now I recall. Blue cover. I mean, just even the 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 uh, the Elite Eight. I don't know if you're into basketball like oh, yeah, brackets yeah, yeah. and things like that. So yeah, the Elite Eight of this bracket challenge was Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory versus Deftones Around the Fur. Wow. Uh, System of a Down Toxicity versus Slipknot. Slipknot. Corn Corn versus Disturbed the Sickness. And Evanescence versus Limp Biscuit, uh, Chocolate Starfish. So, I mean. Heavy hitters. I mean, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, the, the heavy hitters coming down to it, man. So, yeah, it was, it's, a, it's a great bracket. But uh, the Evanescence fans are taking over. That's what they do. <laughs> they are. What? They do. I think they might even be in my house at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they heard me talking bad about them on a podcast. Josh, I'm just telling you, get out of there. <laughs> this is our first seven minute episode. I have got to go. I've got to go. 
Uh, on to the uh, let's let's do the the random rock stars in random places. And obviously, uh, in the future, if we do this again, it'll be way more new metal uh, adjacent. But uh, I mean, this is going to be kind of a blanket. Any rock star. I mean, actually, there's a Taylor Swift on here. You know, what I'm saying like, so we're wow. going to be all over the gambit. Um, and and I'd ask you if you know you ran into anybody here and there. And the only I've got a few. Uh, the one that that comes to mind right away is I I was a manager of a Hot Topic for a couple of years. Imagine that. Um, and Alice Cooper came in, and I uh I had heard he was in town like for a couple of days. And he, he had been, I guess he loves the mall. Like if you work at hot topic at some point, you've met Alice Cooper. Like, <laughs> it's just the thing. Like he's coming to your hot topic kind of deal. And, uh, this was in the mid, mid to early 2000s. Alice Cooper loves a Funko pop. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was way before the Funko pop, but, uh, uh, this would have been like Alice Cooper loves some trip pants. You know, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Alice Cooper digs on a run in Stimpy tea. He's right. got, he wants a Cartman tea super bad. Yes. There we go. Right there. Um, I had heard like there, you know, in the rumblings of the mall, like you're in the food court and you're trying to get a Cinnabon and, like the other workers, like, did you know that Alice Cooper's in here? You know, I'm like, what? That's crazy. So he, uh, he came in the next day and, um, my parents, this is, this, my, I told him this story. I walk up to Alice Cooper and I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't want to bother you, but you know, I was like, if it wasn't for you, I might not have been born. And he was just like, what are you talking about? And so in the late seventies, my parents told my grand or my mom's parents, my grandparents, obviously, that they were going to go see Alice Cooper in concert. But instead of going to see Alice Cooper in concert, they ran off and eloped. Um, and so they never got to see Alice Cooper. And uh, you know, I told him the story and he's like, Oh my God, I love the story. He's like, I'm going to tell it on my radio show. I would love to hear if he ever told that actually on the radio show. That would be uh, awesome. But, uh, but he put me on the guest list and um, in a weird twist of fate, I took my mom to the show so it's kind of like some weird, you know, uh, uh, full circle of life kind of thing. You know, they my they told my grandparents Instead that they were going to go see Alice life, Cooper. He's saying then, you be my Frankenstein. <laughs> but then the son took took the mom to see Alice Cooper. But man, what a fantastic show! It was uh, you know at a casino here in town, and That's and awesome. um, but yeah, it was it was a fantastic show. I I had a run in, so. If there was a minute, probably more like three years, where Limpus gets own West Borland. Yes, lived in Detroit. Um, I never was like creepy and went to his house, but I knew where I know where Boston Edison is, and he did a the, sh- the repair show. Right. So, like, we knew what house it was, but it's like, what am I going to do? Knock on his door and be like, Boy. <laughs> so never like that. But I was at a grocery store. And this was right around the time that we were we were trying to book him as a guest. Was going to happen, wasn't going to happen. And I look down in the grocery aisle and I see a pair of black and white slip-on vans. And I know like instantly because I've been on Instagram <laughs> like and I'm right. just like that's ah, West Borland. <laughs> and, and sure enough, I stand up, I turn to my left, looking at toothbrushes, is Wes Borland. And 
I just leave them alone. I really wow. do. I just leave them alone because what am I going to do? Like, hey, Matt, we're, <laughs> you're going to come over to my house and talk about new metal in my basement. So I, well, I, I mean, it, it might have sealed the deal. It might have, you know, you might because that was around the time where I, I interviewed him yes. for, for two hours. And the only reason we stopped talking is because I had to go pick up my son from daycare because the daycare was about to close. Or we might still be on the phone. Like he was ready to talk. Like I don't think he had friends in Detroit. You could have been his best friend. You know, like, really could have crazy. had a moment. Yeah, but I was like, it was the Fourth of July as well, so it was kind of like he's probably doing a picnic of, of some sort. So a two right then he was probably thinking like, man, I wish I could go somewhere on the Fourth of July. You know. Yeah, I'm just gonna go back to my ginormous home. With my toothbrush. With my toothbrush. <laughs> and like the like Steve Martin and the jerk. And he's like, all I need is this toothbrush. And this lawn chair. <laughs> yeah. And that was uh that was that was one of them. I've I've been lucky enough to do a few meet and greets and uh I have met a few I dug deep in the recesses. I've yeah. also I got another one if we need another one. So all right, we'll we'll come back to him because I got I got one more um because I grew up in uh, I grew up in Hendersonville, Tennessee, which is right outside of Nashville, which is a lot of country music, you know, music stars. And so I've got a fun, uh, a fun story for uh, career day. <laughs> so so I'll bring that one up in a little bit. Um, just kind of running through these. So like I said, I posted on the old Facebook here. Uh, Where is the most random place you've met a rock star and who was it? And we had 146 replies. I figured nice. we would get 10 or 20, but uh, but this one definitely came through. Uh, Ryan Vanderwolk said, I, I bumped into Jonathan Davis at a Zara clothing store in France in 2016. <laughs> and I know, and I believe Ryan is from like the New England area. So why he was in France and Jonathan Davis was in France, we'll never know. But Never just, know. And why is he in a very interesting turn of events here. So he's okay. from New England. He goes to France. Yes. Ends up in like a fast fashion right. boutique. And lo and behold, here's Jonathan Davis. <laughs> I mean, what do you do there? Do you like, are they looking at like kilts together? Or are they looking at Adidas track suits together? Well, like everything that I've seen in, in that store has been much more for like, I need to lose 40 pounds to lose another 20 pounds to fit into their clothes. Like it's like H and M it's very much like for the life man. Nice. And I would never describe me as life. <laughs> I would say bulky stocky. That's a good, that's, those are good words, but, um, Hey, good on you. So in the, in this journey of new metal that you've kind of been on over the last seven years, yeah. Um, you know, obviously the the purple uh, sequined, you know, Adidas tracksuit. Absolutely, uh, it's kind of popped up over the years. But to see it pop up at Sick New World, I was just like, "There we go. That's the Jonathan Davis we need." Like they they understood the assignment. Yes. You know, when you when you when you when you have Sick New World and you're throwing all these new metal bands together, and Corn is getting up there with, you know, even Head had an, you know, some sort of Adidas tracksuit on. Jonathan kicked back with the old school. Like they understood the assignment. I love that they did that because it is that that moment where you go, I mean, it's, it's right. you get it. 
Corn is such an amazing live band, and watching them do what they do. And now I've seen Corn probably four times. Right. So it's like they deliver every single time, but then doing Sick New World, doing a nod, it was like, yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> Give me all of that, please. Give me all of that you have to sell. <laughs> all right. Uh, Michael Brandvold says, Axl Rose in a bathroom. I took a piss next to him. I, so, okay. You, you meet you meet Axl Rose in a bathroom. Do you say hello to him? Ooh, I think you at least got to give him like maybe like like obviously, you know, male protocol. Get your two, business. Two, done. two guys, two guys at a urinal. Straight ahead. straight ahead. You know, uh, you can kind of uh, eyes up, maybe look right. over, see what's going on. But if your eyes up, look over, see that it's Axl Rose. I think you at least got to give like a head nod, you know, yeah, you, you or, gotta... or time up the, the washing of the hands at the same right. time, you know, or like, do you guys get the blow, the, you know, the blow dryer together, things like that. Right. Exactly. You give them the head nod. What you don't do, both hands over, have a conversation and then be like, <laughs> I guess every rose does have its thorn, huh? <laughs> huh? Look at your little November rain there. Look what we got going on. Uh, silver looking for Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> How many appetite for destruction references can we make? That is a rocket queen. If I have said that's Ooh. a rocket king, if I've seen one, well, I see you sitting there, Axel. You think you're so cool. <laughs> you want to get in the ring, Axel? Oh, uh, shit, get in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> well, this is a spaghetti incident now, isn't oh. it? All right, um, silver dungeon, dungeon, dungeon. It looks like uh, it'd be cool if it was silver dungeon. Uh, Rob Zombie in line with behind my sister and me at the grocery store back in 2002. What's in his basket? <laughs> what do you got going on there, Rob what? Zombie? Rob Zombie goes. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like it's going to be just like staples stuff yeah. that he needs. Like I don't know, mustard, ketchup. Is <laughs> Fourth of July picnic with uh with Wes Borland? You know. Right, he's like, Wes said that he's going to pick up a toothbrush. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting the Toms here. And then um, I need I need some uh, condiments. So I have a jar of pickles uh, and ketchup and mustard. It's going to be fine. Yeah, my damn. So, you know, his wife had to have been with him, right? Like, it's not, he, he doesn't go anywhere without his wife. Or maybe this was the chance for him to get away. Like he has a bachelor weekend. Like she's going somewhere. Right. And he's like, got the house all to myself. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. Baskets loaded with Pop-Tarts. <laughs> just pizza rolls. He, oh, so many Totinos just pouring out of that thing. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. Um, more Guns and Roses. Uh Kevin Belling says Duff McKagan standing in line at the airport. I was wearing a GNR shirt, but great dude. Nice. How do you feel if you run into a rock star and you're wearing the shirt of the guy? Are you like, yeah, I think you have to, because I would also say like, if I'm Duff yeah, and I run into a person wearing a GNR t-shirt, and he doesn't go, hey, it's you. 
<laughs> then it's like, right. Like then I would feel really poorly. I would be All like, right. he, he likes us enough that he has our band's t-shirt, but he doesn't even know who I am. That's. I think of, of the, of the main three, you know, you got Axel slash Duff. Yeah. Obviously Duff is third. Yep. Um, GNR is one of those bands where you're probably going to know the top two, at least, and maybe Duff. Mm-hmm. And if, and, and or GNR's, is he straddling? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. But I'm saying like the guy that goes to Walmart to buy the GNR shirt, Mm-hmm. you know how many people truly know the bass player you know and and we are we are bass players you yeah, and I yeah. are brethren in that in that way so we understand the uh the plight of a bass player i think duff duff would take it as no big deal he'd just right. be like awesome but and i will say and this is totally uh, you know unrelated to this list but listening to guns and roses now and mm-hmm. listening to really what Duff is doing under all that stuff, my bass playing style is more Duff McKagan than what I thought would have been like more Metallica. Mm-hmm. I thought I was like more Jason Newstead, but the more I listened to Duff stuff, I was like, you know what? Actually, I probably would have done that too. <laughs> nice. So, so there we go. That's a nice one. I I, I enjoy some uh, Duff McKagan. Me too. Um. From Ashes to New came into the Wendy's I used to work at while on their way to join up with the 2017 Warped Tour. That comes from Matthew Powers. Good guy, that Matthew Powers. Nice. I love that. Love that. I mean, you got to be kicking them nuggets, right? You got to be sliding them four-piece nugs like all day. Oh, they come in. (laughs) You realize it's Ashes to New. You go, you see that dollar menu? Yeah. For you? Anything. It's a zero dollar menu. <laughs> what do you need? You need a junior bacon cheese? We got you. We got you. You need uh you need some nugs, you need a four-piece nug. Just let me know. They they have that crispy nugget, like yeah. that Wendy's crispy nugget. Mm-hmm. It is good. That's, good. that's a good nugget. It's a good one. I like that. On a on a related note, uh the first primer 55 tour I did would have been 2002. And me and Bobby Burns walk into a Wendy's. And this is, you know, Bobby's tattooed up, mohawk, looking cool, right? Yep. Girl, girl behind the counter is like starting to freak out a little bit. And she turns around and Bobby's giving me like one of those, like, yeah, she knows who I am, kind of thing. Uh oh. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm like, oh wow, this is this is a whole new world for me, you know, rock stars, whatever. And this goes on for, you know, the whole time we're about to get our food. And finally, when we get our food, she goes, are you the singer of crazy town? <laughs> she thought he was shifty shell shock, which Love at it. the time, huge compliment. Cause Shifty Very was so. tattooed up muscles, everything else. But the whole time she thought he was shifty shell shock from crazy town. And he's over there. He, he he's <laughs> doing swingers. He's like, Oh, she thinks I'm a naughty baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, few of these on here. Oh, here, here's a new metal one. We'll go with this one. Eric Hall. I met Chino at our local mall and a tobacco shop in 2001 while Deftones mm. were on tour with Godsmack. It was probably one of the most surreal moments I've ever had. And I think, uh, we took a pic, uh, took him by surprise that we even recognized him, let alone went up, went up and talked to him. 
Hmm. So 2001, I mean, uh, you know, he's there. You know, yeah. Back to school videos out, right? And and the, you know, they're they're popping off. They they're definitely having a moment. Like, yeah. I I mean, they're on tour with Godsmack for Christ for sake. for goodness <laughs> sakes. I mean, what are we talking about here? These guys, they know what's up. And if I think yeah. if I'm if I'm right, I think Eric Hall is up around you in Michigan somewhere. Nice. So so you probably could have met Chino at your local mall. So 2001, they're touring White Pony. Yeah, yeah. they are absolutely having a moment. Yeah, I think, but maybe maybe they're one of those bands um, that they're 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 like niche popular. You know, like. I mean, I don't know. I don't know is the answer. I mean, some right. people are just. I don't know. Chino does seem to be well. Number one, at that point in time, how there was Chino, right? Um, so there, there is that that can come into play, and also just if your personality is like, I get left alone in public, and people start think- being like, "Hey, that could you could be like, oh, I know." Hey guys, yeah, it's me. I think the clientele of a ta- tobacco shop in 2001 probably Deftones fans. Oh, <laughs> I could, yes, I would support that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Jameson White says, Vinnie Paul in a Walmart neighborhood market in Arlington. I was working there at the time. Um, Andy Connors goes on to say, I saw him at the Garden Grove Target uh, the year he passed away. Very friendly. And uh, Jameson comes back and says, I didn't want to bother him. So we just (laughs) we just had the head nod type interaction. But I have a big uh, Cowboys from Hell tattoo on my forearm, which was the only tattoo I had at the time. So I assumed he knew. So that's like one step up of wearing the GNR shirt in front of Duff. If you've got right. the Cowboys from Hell tattoo and you see Vinnie Paul, I mean, you you have to do the head nod. I think so. I, I think you absolutely have to do. <laughs> but also Arlington, Texas, I think, you know, they once you come out of the womb, they just tattoo that on you real quick. They're like, uh, and here's your copy of Far Beyond Driven. <laughs> and, and here's a uh, black tooth grin. And uh, there you go. We'll see. We'll see you in the pit. <laughs> uh, here's a random one. No, not new, new pot at all. Um, Peter Frampton, while working at the Scottsdale Comp USA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and, and the, the, <laughs> this one also goes on from Comp USA. Um, and this is, this is, a, I actually had to, uh, they're just uh, like us, man. The, uh, the stars, they're just like us. Also multiple legendary sports figures and warrior in parentheses, formerly known as the ultimate warrior. The cash you had a cashier had a really hard time. That is Amex just said warrior. <laughs> so you do know that story that he legally changed his name to just warrior did not know that he yes, did that. Yes, he did that. So that's hilarious that that his uh, American Express just, just said, said warrior. warrior. <laughs> that's brilliant. I I, I every Take. level of that like the the person that works in American Express that had to, you know, make the card and sign them up and how many people were like no, you have to have 
a last name. Like, no, no, no. His name mm-hmm. is just Warrior. And his kids are, you know, Jessica Warrior. Like they they the warrior is like the last name of the family. It's a it's, banana it, sandwich. And it's like um ultimate is just understood. It's like yeah, right. it's like when they're they they teach English and they're like go is a full sentence. Right. Uh because the U is understood and yeah. warrior ultimate <laughs> understood. His or, his documentary, his WWE documentary. Yeah, it's a bit tough. It's a tough one. But it's also an all-timer yeah. because when they start talking about his promos and how absolutely nonsensical his promos are, unbelievable content. Just so nothing, nothing beats Macho Man's cream will rise. Right. But him, him threatening to crash a plane for WrestleMania. <laughs> the, there are so many. Yeah, like the the as a kid. The Ultimate Warrior was my favorite wrestler. Oh, and, yeah. And and I've jokingly said on this podcast because I'm I'm a Nashville Predators fan, I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. You know, I'm I'm a fan of of a few teams that have never won a championship. Yeah. Truly the only time in my lifetime that someone that I someone or something that I rooted for won the whole thing was WrestleMania 6 when Ultimate Warrior beat Hogan for the uh you know, for the for the both belts. Right, you know, kind of thing, and it's funny to this day. I've always hated ravishing Rick Rude, and it's funny when he died. Part of me just said, "Good," <laughs> you know. <laughs> that I mean, that and he was a heel to the end, and for that's you. and that is, I think, a compliment to ravishing Rick Rude. Yep, it really, really is. Yeah. Oh, when he would call the audience a bunch of fat pigs, <laughs> he. He just was like, mm, delicious. Yeah. Give it, give me all of it. But yeah, I wish I kind of never watched the uh, Ultimate Warrior, you know, behind the music, whatever those things were called, because he he did turn into a pretty, pretty rough person. But uh, yeah. I will say his his Hall of Fame speech and then that Monday Night Raw speech that he does, and then he dies like in yes. Like, like you know, you never know when you're gonna breathe your last breath. That whole speech, and then he dies. It's crazy to watch. It's it's a little chilling. It's a little yeah. whoa, whoa, what? Okay, wow. <laughs> um, Paul Ridley says I sat next to Phil Anselmo on a plane heading from Detroit to Louisiana when I was 16. I was a huge Pantera fan at the time and still am. And he was the nicest guy you could possibly ask for. That's. That's awesome. Who? All right. So at 16, I mean, at 16 and someone was probably one of my favorites too, or Jonathan Davis type thing. So if you were 16 on a plane from Detroit to Louisiana, who would you want to be setting, you know, sitting next to at 16 year old Matt Nas? 16 I would let's see that would be uh, who's I'm <laughs> trying to figure I, out the year that's the yeah. that's that's where I'm doing the mental math I I can honestly say there was one night um corn opened for Ozzy on the retirement sucks tour by the way which is awesome uh corn opens for Ozzy uh, early 96, I think in Nashville. And I get to meet corn 
and they go to this dance club after the show and I get in and I know that I was just punishing Jonathan Davis. I was 16 years old in a nightclub, just like, what does this mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? You know, like probably just peppering him with questions. He could have been nicer, but at one point, you know, they finally like came around and ID'd me. Cause I mean, I had long hair and everything at the time, but I also had a baby face. So there was no way that I, yep. I should have been in there, but, but uh, I, so I kind of have this moment of 16 year old me getting to just pepper Jonathan Davis with questions. It would have been, it would have been Cobain. Uh, okay. It would have been Kurt Cobain because I was just, they, that would have been 1993 when I'm 16. So yeah. I would have been like, it's just, I, I don't even know if I would have been able to, I would have been like, <laughs> so, so if you're sitting down and then all of a sudden Cobain's coming down the, the, the walkway to sit down next to you, are you just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, you know, I saw him on the, the in utero tour and okay. they played the state fairground here. And so it was a very big amphitheater stage. And I, rem- and I mean, it's very rare that I see somebody perform that I've seen so much prior to that. It's kind of like seeing Stevie wonder play or somebody like that, where it's just like kind of somebody that you've seen a ton of right over the years. And that period from 91 to like 93, I mean, I listened to that album almost every day. Yeah. You know, MTV had them on every day the radio had the songs on every day so it was like somebody i saw a lot and when i watched the show it seemed like an entity up there it didn't even look like a person you know what i mean where it's (laughs) just like what is happening because it's it's that where your brain goes like it's him right (laughs) There, there he is it's him and it was like just that fandom where i'm like they're not even me. Like they're not even a person. Like they were just this entity playing teen spirit and playing like these songs. And it's like the rest of the band, very much a band, Pat smear, all the guys. It was like, but him, it was like different. It was just very weird. And so if I saw him walking to sit next to me on a plane, I would have been like, and I'm sure he would have been like self-effacing and been like, you're not going to like this. You know, like this is, gonna, <laughs> this is not going to be, you will be disappointed by the end of this. Um, kind of on that note, I haven't really talked about it on the show, but my wife and I went to see Tori Amos a couple of weeks ago. Amazing. Um, and it's kind of like, if you, if you're going for the nineties hits, stay home. Um, she opens with a song you would know closes with, with like cornflake girl. Everything in between is from the last like 10 years. The people next to us were singing like every word, every song. So I was like, all right, well, I guess these are real songs. But it was amazing to watch. And, and especially being a, you know, being a bass player and, and having a, an affinity towards bass because it's just her, a bass player and a drummer. And oh, wow. And it is amazing to watch. And they, I mean, the guys like the, the, the bass players, you know, playing pedals and stuff like that. I mean, he's his tone changes throughout the night. And at one point in the set, and I don't know if you ever had this or not playing bass. But you you want your bass to sound like bass notes on a piano sometimes, you know, like just mm-hmm. that just that deep guttural but tonal sound. 
Right. And at one point I was like, wait a minute, he's playing those piano parts because she was playing a piano part, right? Right. But but you heard like clear bass piano notes and i'm like what the fuck pedal is that because i want that pedal because right. it sounded so good but he he was killing it i mean i was like nerding out in the in the in the audience like looking him up and then you know the the laundry list of people that he's played for like That's elton awesome. john and everybody else you know but uh but it was it was crazy and obviously i don't know his name right off the top of my head but i would give him a shout out but um that is awesome when you see like somebody who's just killing it like yeah. i i like watching people who are excellent at things do those excellent things yeah it's like holy god wow and they were they were like just on the whole night and even the drummer was was killing it and i may or may have missed it but it, even they were doing so much and it didn't seem like they missed a note all night you know and it, it was it was pretty amazing but i mean and, and i think she was exactly what you wanted out of a 59 year old tori amos she looked like a cool aunt that might buy you a beer, you know, like in the nineties, she was super sexy and everything else. And then like, now she's like, she's still, you know, good, uh, uh, good on the eyes, but she also has like, you know, a, a cool vibe around her that, you know, she might sneak you a beer at the, at the, uh, you know, the company picnic or whatever. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, some older stuff here. Uh, Al Horta. Um, he was a bus boy at a Portuguese restaurant in Sayreville, New Jersey, uh, 16 at the time. And Lou Graham with Tico Torres and David Bryan of Bon Jovi came in to eat. <laughs> so this would have been 1988. <laughs> so yeah, if Tico Torres sits down in my uh, booth, that would be amazing. <laughs> I love, I love it. I love that moment because it's like, and then Michael Anthony walks in <laughs> right. and it's like, yeah! <laughs> it's not, it's not Eddie Van Halen. It's not David Lee Roth. Michael Anthony walks in. That's what I want. That's what Tico Torres is to be. Tico Torres walks in. It's like, yes. Yeah, you get the drummer and the piano player from uh, from Bon Jovi, but you're like, hell yeah. I, and that'll actually segue to th- this just made me think of this. Um, one summer, I worked at Tower Records downtown Nashville, and um, and we were doing a shift change. You know, you would take your, your till upstairs, count it out, you know, make sure whatever and get it ready for the next person and make it 150 or whatever you would do. Yep. But we would go, we were up there and I was upstairs and one of the managers came running upstairs to tell the other manager that Chris Kirkpatrick from the back or from NSYNC was downstairs, but nobody wanted to talk to him. And this is like, you know, this is the height of my new metal. I've got the dreads. He had those like dread things on top of his head yeah. at the time. So I'm like, I'll go talk to him. So I went downstairs and, and we were in like the magazine section for a minute. And I was, I actually, I was like, so what do you got going on with your hair? And he's like, Oh, telling me what he does to his hair. And he's like, what do you do with your hair? And I'm like, Oh, you know, beeswax and you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, like going, we, we were trading dread hair secrets. And, uh, and it was one of those things where, you know, when you're talking to someone and you can tell, you could keep the conversation going if you wanted to. Right. But I was like, all right, Chris Kirkpatrick was nice to meet you. And I left. And then I called my stepsister, who was a giant in uh, uh, sync fan. I was like, "They are down here right now." And she actually got to meet Justin Timberlake, 
you know, but uh, but yeah, so I had I had a nice conversation with Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC at a at a Tower Records and about hair him, care. About it. But yeah, we, we were trading our dreadlock secrets at the time or whatever, whatever he had going on. Yeah, it, it, that was a very unique look. One of one on Chris. Yeah, it was like a weird like thing. pineapple on top of his head. Yeah, yeah, because he had it all very much <laughs> just hot knot. Uh, let's see here. Um, Nicole Etheridge says, uh, Zach Wild. Jogging downtown Jacksonville, almost ran him, uh, ran into him as he was walking to Jack's Landing to pick up food that afternoon before his show at the Florida Theater. Once I realized it was him, I said "woo" and put up horns. He horned back. <laughs> <laughs> That's an appropriate Zach Wild greet, like hey, "woo." <laughs> Or you could be like your episode where, uh, you know, it's, um, I'll, I'll break the, uh, I was listening to the latest episode of Roach Coats. They, they break down, what is it, OzFest 2001 yep. live. And I knew that I was like, I think this is the Black Label Society song where he says Limp Biscuit still sucks dick. And I was just, but like when they first, when, when Matt and what's his name, Kevin? Yes. Uh, when they first start talking about it, they buried the lead. And I'm like, well, maybe I was wrong. And then Lauren goes, all right, Matt, go to 214 or whatever. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I, I literally stopped what I was doing just to get your reaction because I knew what was coming. They knew what was coming and you had no idea what no you were idea. about to get hit with. Yep. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jen Jones says Jamie Josta at the grocery store. Uh, this is kind of long here. Jennifer Rogers said, I met M shadows of Avenged Sevenfold in a green green room at a club, had no clue who he was. We talked and we were so into each other and the convo that after a while we looked up and the room was empty and we just keep going on about being weird and laughing. He's a really great guy. And then there was a time sitting in the lobby of the hard rock, Las Vegas and Chester Biddington walked by. Oh, wow. So, so that's good. That's nice. <laughs> here's a good one this this is a roach coach tie-in for this one too justin fossilman says rob zombie and john five i almost knocked them over coming out of a pf chang's in indianapolis <laughs> <laughs> new metal loves pf chang's get five orders of anything that you want <laughs> off the menu eat one bite off of each plate and just throw the rest out in pure opulence. That Fred Durr story is insane. It is. Like, it seems impossible. Just a, just a, a power play of, of ordering five entre entrees, taking a few bites off of each plate and then sending it all back is just this story. Bananas. This story came from uh super actress slash video vixen from the early late 90s early 2000s who had the name superhead and she talks about seeing fred durst in a parking lot and being just swept away by his charm and charisma and they go on a date and they end up at pf chang's and she's like i don't i've never seen anybody do this before but he ordered five entrees <laughs> And I added in the bar that he just threw him away. He was yeah. like, no, but like, I, I guess they either got thrown away or he took them home. And I don't know which one's weirder, 
taking them home is like i got food for the week now right like i get well, i mean that. There's, yeah there's definitely like uh, you know some restaurants you'll walk into i think olive garden does it to where you buy the entree and then like half price you can get an entree to go you know for tomorrow or for tomorrow's lunch or whatever yep. you know like that that's an actual option but i don't think early 2000s pf chang's Fred Durst was thinking, you know, I'm I'm meal prepping for the week by <laughs> or ordering. I'll eat one now and four, you know, Monday through Thursday. I definitely have to have these bang bang shrimp <laughs> later. Uh, I do think there was there was a moment where PF Chang's was like top tier, super top fancy. tier, you know, uh, chain. Because uh, you know, they the only one I remember being in Nashville was like downtown nashville next to vanderbilt campus you know like that's on west end it's a nice part of town you know Mm -hmm. but i think there's still one here in louisville i I drive past it every once in a while but i need to i'm gonna pop in there one day and do the uh maybe do the fred durst challenge (laughs) (laughs) like if if pf chang's is close to insolvency they really need to introduce the fred durst challenge (laughs) you can get the maple tofu the pepper steak, the Chang spicy chicken, the fire braised short ribs, and uh, oh, the Singapore street noodles. These are all things that are really on the P of Chang's menu. <laughs> I love that you know that. Did you work there at one point, Matt? Oh, you know, no, but in my in my heart of hearts, we've all worked there. Was that the uh, the the Matt Nas go to first date? <laughs> you know, like. I'm going to take this lady Ooh, to Olive Garden, was, Olive Garden was a go-to because like the one, the mall that was by me when I grew up had the red lobster. Now it's too fancy. Yeah. Red lobster's way too fancy uh, for a high school date. Had the Olive Garden that I felt was like, you know, you go to Olive Garden I like, I liked it. It was a little more upscale than that TGI Friday. When you go there, you're family. That's right. When you can't, like, when you're in high school before you're 21, you're not going to TGI Fridays. That's too much of a party. You, you know, there was this place called Cooker. That was a good one. I, could, yeah, there was a cooker near me. Yep. That was a good one. But that one, a little pricey. Mm-hmm. TGI, you can go, you could go still to, to this day, get a bowl of pasta visual, mm-hmm. some breadsticks and some salad. You're both out of there, relatively inexpensive. You're both full. Your breath, yeah. your breath is <clears throat> death. <laughs> your <laughs> <Yeah>. breath reeks. <laughs> yeah, the makeup later is not good. Like that's the thing. If Altoids were a thing, I should have had seven tins of them, but I did not. And I remember hearing later the girl of who I went on a date with from her friends were like. She was afraid that you were going to kiss her, and her breath was bad. From <laughs> well, at least you didn't. You, like the rumor wasn't, you know, like Matt stinky breath Nas or something. Right? Like that. Oh no, no. I already that would have been when I was in second grade, and I had post nasal drip forever, and I was just a fountain of gross. Everybody, <laughs> let me know through teasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be young. Um. Brian Cuttis says vanilla ice standing in front of me at Burger King at the Philadelphia airport. <laughs> Rob Van Winkle is somebody I would leave alone because you do not know which one you're going to get. Right. Like he could be very cool. 
he could be he could be well i remember that episode on that one thing on mtv where they retired quote-unquote bad videos okay and they did ice ice the classic ice ice baby not the remake okay, the new yeah. metal ice ice baby too cold too too cold and they brought him in and they were like we'll let you destroy the videotape right and he's like sure but they I remember gave, that yeah they gave him a baseball bat and he just destroyed the set like he destroyed everything because yep. it was kind of like and john stewart was on it and he goes like real terrible idea like, <laughs> we should not have done this we should not have done this because what they're doing is like it would be like bringing you into a room and having everybody be like this is your baseline on this you know and it this. sucks <laughs> and it's terrible and we're retiring you from bases and we're this is the base you used to play and now you have to destroy it in front of everybody it's like oh yeah maybe we shouldn't have done that so there was a moment where then when the, the the vanilla ice new metal album came out mm-hmm. and hard to same follow. same uh same tower records i either went on to work at or i had already worked at i think i, don't, I can't remember timeline on this one but i go in i can't find it i'm gonna buy it because i'm intrigued ross robinson producing a vanilla ice record gotta gots hear to, this gots to hear this uh so i can't find it so i go up to the counter and probably the only time like the high fidelity douchebag behind the counter you know, uh, a record store workers thing ever truly happened to me is when I said, Hey, I can't find the new vanilla ice record. And the two guys behind the counter proceed to laugh in my face <laughs> and then tell me where it's at. And like, like we have been waiting for this. Like they, they were like waiting for the person looking for the new vanilla ice record. Um, but I did buy it and I, you know, it's not too terrible, but okay. I will, I will, go to my grave that that's like bucket list dude to have on the podcast is vanilla ice. Like I want him on the show so bad, especially new pod. Let's talk about hard to swallow. Let's go track by track vanilla. Like let's do this. Love that. I would, li- I'm, I'm there. I would listen. <laughs> right. Oh, I will listen. Well, that was like when I had Sonny Mayo on the podcast years ago, like he played on that record. And I was like, dude, you got to tell me. <laughs> you know, like, I got to know. I got to know. I got to know the deets on this one. <clears throat> but yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely a bucket list to have on there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Diego Rain says, I met Rob Halford at Town & Country Mall in Phoenix back in 1994. Me and my ex-wife were walking around, and she said, that guy looks like Rob Halford from Priest. And in fact, it was him. He was very cool, very friendly. Uh, he talked to both of us for a few minutes before he went on his way. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> very nice. Um, trying to go through here. Got a few more. Uh, another Zach Wild about seven years ago at a Promanti Brothers Pizzeria in Ooh. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He was on his acoustic tour and finished playing at the culture room. Afterwards, we went to get a slice of pizza from there. And there he was waiting in line for a grilled chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> the most humble and grateful hero I ever met. I'll never forget it. That was from Tommy Crow. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. They remember what he ordered. Zach wild on tour, ordering a grilled chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> I'm watching my macros. <laughs> 
Uh, this one just says I met Dog Fashion Disco at Wendy's. Uh, Vinny that Paul. <laughs> Vinny Paul at Suncoast Video. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Suncoast. Uh, not a rock star, but I met Taylor Swift at the Loves on uh, Interstate 65, about an hour outside of Louisville. Um, I actually I met Taylor Swift at uh, this was very early in her career, and back to what I said earlier, where I went to school at Hendersonville High School. She actually went to the same high school as me, obviously many years apart. Um, but I was in a Cold Stone Creamery, and she was um, let's see here, she was behind us in line but we didn't know what we wanted so we were like you can go ahead and she she was very nice to play she said no you guys go ahead and take your time whatever blah 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 and but we insisted that she go ahead and go in front of us oh very nice that taylor swift um she's chad, a <laughs> chad gray watching monday nitro at a friend's house before he moved to peoria full-time with mudvane that's pretty sweet Jerry only from the misfits at the grocery store I worked at, although it was one town over from where he lives. So not totally unexpected. If I met any of the misfits again, that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> we, one time we, uh, we, we were out flyering for a show and we flyered a misfit. I think it was like misfits and Guar, if I'm not mistaken, but Jerry only came out. And so I had him sign one of the flyers and for the longest time at his, autograph look exactly like it said jenny craig so <laughs> like we just for the longest time said like you know you didn't meet jerry only that says jenny craig if you haven't seen it yet the uh guar tiny desk yeah i have not seen it yet it's pretty fantastic um oh let's see here this one's a bit long um justin wood hmm i have a few First one was Joey Belladonna of Anthrax. Early 90s, right after he split from Anthrax, he and his wife were at the lo- at the Lost Horizon on a local band night, just hanging out, having drinks. Talked to him for a bit, had him sign something for me. Little did I know I would see him there multiple times over the years, uh, working on his Belladonna project uh, that never really went anywhere. In 02, I met Seven Dust, the whole band, at a Friendly's in Oswego, New York. I'm probably butchering all these city names. Uh, after they just played a festival that I had just seen them at, they were getting food to go. Uh, my best friend met Ozzy in the men's room at his show in Rochester, New York, mid to late 90s. And my buddy was taking a leak, and Ozzy came in and pissed a few. <laughs> my Jesus. Um, my buddy was taking a leak, and Ozzy came in and pissed a few urinals down. Looked over at my buddy and said, Hey, mate. My friend passed in 08, but he loved telling that story. So that's breaking the guy code. Ozzy said hello a few urinals down to this guy's friend. I think I, Ozzy can get away with that. <laughs> uh, like Ozzy, there's not much that he can't do that you would just be like, eh, it's Ozzy. Oh, we got we have a rock star signing. I didn't even see this one. Um, Mikey Doling of Snot chimes in. Uh, Mikey Doling says, I was moving out of my apartment in Hollywood. My neighbor was coincidentally moving the same day. So we each had a U-Haul out front and we were loading them at the same time. My neighbor's dad was there helping her move. I'm looking at him 
And as we were moving boxes and furniture at the same time, I walked by him back and forth to my apartment to the U-Haul for an hour. As I'm looking at him closer and closer, because I know this guy from somewhere, it hits me. It's Bill Ward from Black Sabbath. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is Bill Ward doing moving boxes and furniture by hand? Manual labor. You think he would hire some movers or something? I said, hey, Bill, I'm a huge fan. It's an honor to meet you. And then we just continued filling our moving trucks while uh, while I was uh, containing my excitement. God. That's nuts. <laughs> right? Just like, um, are you? Yep. Well, back to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'm back to carrying more stuff. Uh, Sharon won't pay me for this last Black Sabbath uh, tour, so I guess I have to help my daughter move. Um, trying to run through the last few of these. Uh, not really rock star from Jace Harshman, but I met Tony Hawk at a back alley in Nashville. I was walking, cutting through as a shortcut, and he was just out skating by himself. Wow. If you see Tony Hawk skating by himself, do you stop and just kind of like, hey, do like a kickflip for me? <laughs> <laughs> like grind that over there, you know? Well, if he does a kickflip, then you have to give him a board. You have to go buy him a new board. Um, Those are the rules. We'll finish on this one. Then I've got one more story and we'll see what you have on your meet and greets there. Uh, oh, yeah. A uh, longtime friend, uh, Marilyn Mathis Bell. Um, she was one of the first people I ever knew that tried to do a zine. Oh, I was wow. just like, I was like, that's a, this is amazing. Um, but she ended up moving on to LA. So these are, these are some of her things. Uh, my most randoms aren't rock stars. I saw Dr. Dre at a high school track meet. Uh, I met Ola Ray from the thriller video at a kind of shitty apartment building in Hollywood. Turns out she was dating the drummer of pretty boy Floyd's stepdad. Well, that's a weird one <laughs> for rock stars. I met Paul from ministry in San Marcos square in Venice. Thankfully, because I had to ask him how to get uh, to the little island where the festival they were playing the next day was. I also ran into the guys from 311 at a truck stop while getting gas after they already turned them down at Starwood. Hmm. So there you go. <laughs> good times, right? It's good to meet. It's good to meet people. Good, right? to be, good to see a star. I just remembered one. Uh the 7-Eleven in Ferndale, I walk in, and then shambling in behind me is George Clinton Okay, with his handler. <clears throat> George was not, he was on Planet Funk. Uh, <laughs> right? He was not there. Um, you know, seemed very confused by the nachos. Just kind of was walking around like, okay. <laughs> Just having a moment but his his uh his person that was with him was kind of handling all the business getting what george needed and they uh they left in a puff of smoke <laughs> a puff of smoke with a funky baseline under it way funky did somebody order something funky <laughs> oh snap <laughs> is that funky ken it is funky ken <clears throat> um well, I'll, I'll, I will end on this one. My friend Troy Hudgens says, you already know my story. Dave Williams at Eddie George's Sports Bar. So for my, what year would that have been? 20, like my 23rd birthday, 
we all go downtown and Eddie George of the Tennessee Titans used to have a uh, sports bar and grill, uh, you know, part of a Hyatt or something hotel. Okay. And uh, so, so we all go down there. I mean, it's like the whole, the whole band and friends and, you know, one of those just like long tables of just a bunch of dudes. And uh, we're sitting there at the, at the, at the, you know, at the table and we look over and drinking by himself at the bar is Dave Williams of drowning pool. And, we had 12, my old band 12 volt negative earth had traded shows with drowning pool back before drowning pool got signed. Dave Williams, like one time we, we were about to drive away and he's like, Hey, I got you this. And it was one of those bag. It was a bag with a goldfish in it from like Walmart. And we're like, why the fuck would you get us this Dave Williams? We're, we're not from new Orleans. Like we have to drive with this, you know, goldfish in the car. This goldfish is not going to make it. <laughs> you basically signed this goldfish's uh, death certificate. Um, so we knew Dave, like he was, he was a friend, but it was before pre cell phone, pre internet, pre, you know, keeping in contact all the time. Um, so I'm, you know, it's my birthday and I'm like, I was like, was that Dave Williams over there? And like, but we were still like, should we go talk to him? You know? And I was just like, well, I'm going to go talk to him. So I walk over and I'm like, Dave, it's to me. He's like, Oh shit. And he like freaked out. And I was like, come over to our table and, and hang out with us. And, uh, and they, they were in town getting ready for that Ozfest that you guys did the Ozfest 2000, 2001 that he dies on, uh, months later. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, uh, we, so I've actually got a couple of photos from that night. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was great to just like have kind of like one, last hurrah with dave williams of drowning That's amazing randomly in a uh downtown nashville you know sports bar and grill no i cannot top that that's for sure <laughs> i got to meet i got to meet kmfdm that's about it that's cool yeah super nice super nice I mean, you, there's no there's no Eminem sighting at your, uh, you know. It, it, no, I don't have an Eminem sighting because I didn't grow up in uh, East Point slash East Detroit, um, where I think he he had gone to high school out there. But um, I am. You can find my name in a if you look Eminem in my name, you might be able to like 20 things down the list, find me at a record store talking about Eminem being like, what are you doing? Come on, man. When he had like the problems with the gun outside of the club, oh. like uh, I get, we, our record store got called and I was interviewed. But, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. What are you doing? I, and before they were famous, uh, we met the insane clown posse numerous times because they they were their own street team like yeah until you know so they did everything on consignment and sold a shit ton of their hockey jerseys that's awesome the um uh you know one thing as we wrap up you know one thing that you're you're kind of uh adjacent to is the wayne county life stuff oh yeah And, and you know you were on the christmas album uh, which I, I, you know, laughed my ass off multiple times, but there's obviously the character of Cody. That's like Eminem's my cousin. And yes. I'm sure that like everybody in Detroit at least knows somebody that claims to be Eminem's cousin. 100%. It, it, for my dad's generation, replace Eminem with Bob Seger. Yeah. Everybody knew Bob Seger. It was like, nope, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> it was like, yo, yeah, I saw him outside of a show and I gave him a cigarette and I said, turn the page. Like, you right. know, yeah, right. <laughs> they were going to be. Oh, the, that's uh, a good they, one. 
Yeah, I was like, one night I was like, Bob Seger, man, you got a silver bullet band right here. And he's like, oh. oh that's a good one. I would, yeah, we're going to stop calling ourselves the Bob Seger Sound right. System. <laughs> Bob Seger Sound System. <laughs> we're going to start calling ourselves <laughs> the Silver Bullet Band. Right. Yeah. Like, in, the Eminem stuff is absolutely, yeah. absolutely, like, if if you have a dirt cousin, yeah, he's going to be like, hey, man, remember... And I told Eminem like he had to lose himself. <laughs> right. I actually I was there the night that I actually also had some of his mom's spaghetti, you know. Like, right, she, yeah. I remember his mom she didn't make much. She but loved she, that spaghetti though. I actually had the because he opened a restaurant in yeah. the city. I actually had it for the first time. And it does not disappoint, but does not exceed. Right. It is truly spaghetti. Like it's, yeah, that's a. I mean, I guess that's a tough one to really ruin. But it's and also, it, but a, it's tough also a tough to one to really knock out of the park. Yeah, we've got like a little Italian restaurant near our house, um, that we go to. You know, on date night, everyone saw it's it's. And sometimes I'll grab the I'll get the spaghetti, but it's mm-hmm. still like, it's like a hair above just what you would make at home. You yeah, know, you you want to go with something else on the menu because you know. Not not a lot of options with spaghetti. No, you get the meatballs. Maybe you get an Italian a veget- sausage. You get a you get a vegetarian option, and that and that's about yeah all you can do. And really, that's all they have on that menu there as well. It's like <laughs> okay, this hey, you know okay. who makes a great spaghetti though? Olive Garden. Oh yeah, I mean when you're there, your family and they know how to do it right. And if Just you go there, no kissing sure afterwards to... because your breath. <laughs> gonna stink <laughs> and make sure to tell your server that you heard about this on new pod and get 10% off of your <laughs> meal <laughs> of, of your dreams <laughs> <laughs> all right Matt. we'll tell everybody where they can find roach coach and all the good stuff that goes with matt nas absolutely uh check out roach coach uh roachcoach.com that is coach with a k because of course it is uh we do episodes every week and uh we are continuing um it's an exciting time in the Roach Coach universe. We are having new guests every other week. We do uh, we do fan mail every other week. So who knows? Who knows what you'll find over there? It's a lot of fun. It's a good time. Seven years strong. Seven years long, baby. And and I think of guests on Roach Coach. I think I might have the most episodes. I think I've got like three. Yes, you're can, number so. one. You are. <laughs> so, you are number hmm. one. Your number one. Well, you were the first. You were the first person to find us from a band. Was I really? Yes, because I remember when Lauren reached out. He was like, "There's this guy. His name's Joshua Toomey, and uh, he has a podcast. And he he was in uh, the band that we just did. And I was like, Primer. He's like, Yeah. And they talk about it, and we were like, No way! Because <laughs> you know yeah. how it is at the beginning. It's just like somebody heard our show. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, you know, just doing the old self Google, and I was googling if anybody was talking about Primer, and I, you know, you guys were like the only ones talking about Primer. And then I listened to the episode, and it's it's hilarious because you're like, you guys are calling Bobby like old Bobby Primer or something. <laughs> you keep calling him like. <laughs> You got like the singer and the guitar player backwards and everything else. But I mean, you guys were just, you were the spot on with everything. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys were spot on with the, uh, with, with the breakdown of the record. I, I do say, 
and I w- will go to my grave that some of that album does belong in the canon. But mm-hmm. um, because when I think of new metal, I definitely think of like loose and the big fuck you and like those songs like that, that, that are definitely canon worthy, but uh, you know, whatever, you know, I mean, hey. uh, us in the first corn record, you know, Hey, you know, there will be a time that we need to reconsider. So maybe, I, maybe we can I, get I've that. Always, on I've that always re- said final episode of Roach coach has to be like a redo of the corn album. Oh, we've heard it. We've yeah. heard it loud and clear. <laughs> you know, like that should just be the final re- final episode. But uh, you know, they're going to say the same thing. <laughs> you know, Jenny's going to come back for that one and it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. But who knows? I don't. That's for sure. But check all of that out. Roachcoach.com. We are on all the socials for that as well. And I uh, would love to see you there. Absolutely. Well, that will do it here for another episode of New Pod here, notfest.com. Make sure to head over to notfest.com. Take the bracket challenge. Vote for System of a Down if you want to. Evanescence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Uh, the Evanescence is also there. But uh, make sure to go and vote and uh, let, let your voice be heard for the uh, best new metal album of all time. And uh, so, yeah, so for the new pod here, notfest.com, I'm Joshua Toomey. That is Matt Nas. Hey, Rogue Coley will be back from the San Diego Comic-Con next week. I'm sure with the Tales Among Tales on Tales of uh, all the wonderful stuff that went on down there. So once again, thanks Matt for coming to hang out with us this week. Thank and you. until next week, uh, we will go, uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to new pod. Follow to me at talk to me, talk and row at war machine merch rate review and subscribe and tell your friends until next week. Keep it new.